Hello, welcome to 251, two pianists, five minutes, one subject. My name's Nick Tomlin. And my name's Simon Whiteside. And today we're going to be talking about chordal harmony in jazz. First of all, we need to define what that is. Most harmony is traditionally built on thirds. And even the extensions are often further thirds. Chordal harmony is built on fourths, which sound like this. And they came about in the late 50s, early 60s, probably the first real exponent of them, i.e. making it a feature of his music, was McCoy Tyner. And Herbie Hancock picked up on that in his work with Miles Davis to an extent, but particularly with uh, Wayne Shorter and all the albums he made with him, and of course his own work on Blue Note. So the question is, what can we do with chordal voicings? How can we make them functional? Well, originally, McCoy Tyner's approach was quite stark, this sort of thing. Uh, and that was very much experimental, I suppose, in a way. But later on, people started using them in the top part of chords. So, for example, uh, an F7, you can voice like this. And in fact, B flat 7 can fit over the same thing. And that's a way in which fourths can be used in the upper part of a chord. Uh, they are fourths below, they're augmented fourths or a tritone. And there are whole ways of voicing nearly every chord with, uh, well, you can voice every chord with some fourths in it. So um, if you're uh, in the background here, we've got something I've done. I will release that also um, uh, as a separate podcast, just so that's nice and clear and you can hear it. And we'll also produce a PDF that you can download from our Facebook site. So Nick, I've outlined what chordal harmony is and maybe who started it. What, what would you like to add to this? Yeah, I mean, a couple of things um, uh, I'd, I'd like to say really. I think one is um, it's a connection with modal jazz. Um, uh, I always see the kind of the development of, of quarter harmony as in some way being sort of parallel with the development of modal jazz kind of towards the end of the 50s and the early 60s. And I think the point you made about the fact that it it isn't really based on thirds um, is quite important there because um, as soon as you bring thirds in, you're kind of implying a kind of major minor tonal system, whether, you know, aren't you? Because yeah. of the, the very nature of the third, you know, the major or the minor third. Whereas um, with, with chordal voicings, you kind of avoid that altogether, really. Um, although you can have, obviously, you can have the minor third in um, as well. But um, you're, you're kind of, it, it, it just creates a more kind of open and less defined sound, doesn't it, really, I, I would say? Yeah, I think it. I think you're right. It, it does tie in with with that. Um, obviously, there's the um, the guitar is tuned almost entirely mm, for isn't true. it? Yes, it is. Yeah. And yeah. I think some some pianists were looking at what guitar players were voicing and mm. and, and transposing those mm. to the piano. The the other, I mean, yes, I agree entirely. It's certainly at the same time as modal jazz, and also when there is modal jazz. You, you you get uh, if you just give me an, if you give me some F going on in the bass there, 
you can move and go out and come in um, quite well with fourths mm. over a sort of, for want of a better word, the sort of pedal approach of someone like John Coltrane, who, of course, McCoy Tyner played with. Yeah, and I sometimes wonder if the, the, the chordal voicings uh, were a way that McCoy, McCoy Tyner could kind of compete with um, Elvin Jones and Coltrane in that band, because obviously it was, it was a, loud, <laughs> a loud band. Um, anyway, we've kind of run out of our time of chordal voicings. Uh, my name's Nick Tomlin. Goodbye. And my name's Simon Whiteside. Goodbye. Goodbye.